been talking about, right, fishers of men. We're, we're getting close to the end of this here. Um, we've been talking about in Matthew 4, right? Follow me and I will make you fishers of men. And hopefully um, when you think of that by now, you think, wow, if anybody ever were to ask me, can I articulate the gospel? Matthew 4 is a really great place to start. It's just the good news of Jesus saying, no, I... I, I always picture this when I think of Matthew 4. I think of Jesus coming to me, and I'm thinking, dude, I'm the last person you should be asking to follow you. Like, I don't, I'm not talented in a whole lot of ways. I'm not a persuasive person. I'm not like this guy that everybody... But he goes to each and every one of us, and he says, no, I want you to follow me. Okay? Like, I want you to follow me together with the other people I'm calling. All right? It isn't just an individualistic sport, Right? This is like, no, I'm building community, like I'm individually calling you to live in community with one another, and then for Jesus to say, and I'm going to change you, I'm going to transform you, not because you earned it from me, right? And unfortunately, even the most guilty of us, I think, um, can, deep down, there's still a side where we feel kind of like, but God should love me. Like, I'm a better person than, and you can fill in the blank. Who would you put in the blank? I'm better than so-and-so. Even if we're the most condemned person in the world, there are people we look at and go, wow, I'm better than they are. Okay? And that just is a reminder to us to go, hold on a minute. For Jesus to walk up to any of us and say, no, I want you to follow me. And listen, not because you're awesome, but I'm going to change you. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, it's a, a little tight up here today. Tell me about I have some things to talk to the <laughs> congregation about today. Uh, uh, but then he says, but I want you to, to be a part of my mission of being a fisher of men, that people are going to see me through you. And, and unfortunately, the mission itself has become something where, man, I, I, a lot of times, even in my own heart, I think the first thing that comes to mind is, man, that's uncomfortable that evokes fear, um, that, that's like, oh man, am I going to have to go and like, you know, make people angry at me when I proclaim the gospel, you know, and that was the furthest thing from Jesus' mind, was this is the greatest thing in the world, and, and, I'm gonna, and I want you guys to do it, I want my people who are following me to do it, all right, um, and so hopefully, even though we're getting close to finishing up this series on being fishers of men, this isn't this idea of going, oh, okay, well, let's move on to whatever the next topic is. It's Matthew 4, 19 and 4, 17, 18, 19. The, the foundational principles of that, what, what is so important is no matter what we talk about, that's, that's going to be the core message. It doesn't matter what we ever talk about. That's the core message. All right. If somebody were to ask you, what's the gospel? If somebody were to ask you, well, what does it mean to be a disciple? Well, Matthew 4, 19. People who follow Jesus are changed by him and are making other disciples that's, that's a disciple right there. That's what Jesus says a disciple is, okay? Um, and so that, I love that little verse that we've been playing around with because there's so much in that one statement, okay? Turn over, though, in your Bibles. We're going to read an interesting story here um, in Acts 18, okay? Um, this is a story that kind of, uh, it's, it's, it, it's, it's rough waters to navigate in our world today. It, this, is, this is very tricky, um, and I don't think God intended it to be. I, I think when we apply our hearts to this and we really see uh, 
what, what God is calling us to, we're going to see that, okay, this shouldn't be as tricky as, as we make it out to be, okay? But there was a guy in the book of Acts that Priscilla and Aquila run into, and his name was Apollos. And, and Apollos gives us some trouble because we have this little story about Apollos here. And it's funny because it's it, it, oftentimes, uh, like even as Jody has shared, sometimes it's really easy if we don't slow down and read the Bible, it's easy to read something into the Bible. And oftentimes we miss a really great lesson that, that we learn here in Acts 19 as we're being a fisher of men. And, and, and the point really here is how do we proclaim the gospel to a religious crowd to a religious person to somebody who's grown up in christianity okay i mean that that's an uncomfortable question to ask because i think there's a there's a part of us that we go well if you grew up going to christian church then you should be okay and and if anybody says you aren't tell me like what let's talk about our feelings a little bit here okay tell me how that makes you feel all right when you feel like somebody is it maybe, maybe even questioning your own salvation. And you've gone to Christian church your whole life. Or somebody questions the salvation or the discipleship or the lifestyle or something of somebody in their life. But they've gone to church their whole life. What does that make you feel like? Yeah, Linda. Sure. Okay, yeah, now Frida. Yeah, there's a lot that goes through our minds, okay? There's, there's this side of it of, uh, I, I remember for me, I mean, I grew up and my family was in church each week, okay? I mean, I went to church and endured it, I think, more than anything. Um, if you wanted me to be very honest, it, it, you know, if you, if you wanted me to be very honest, I would say, no, I'm not following Jesus. Um, but there was something about being challenged in my faith that was really like, I don't like this. And I think that's a universal thing yeah. for us, is, is this idea of, I don't like when people question me. I don't like when people, I, I want you to just say everything's going to be okay. I, I don't ever want to be questioned. I don't want you to doubt, like, like, like really in my heart, I'm like, are, are you doubting that God loves me? Are you doubting that, that well, what, like, like uh, Alfred said, well, what about you? What about, you know? 
it's really easy to get defensive, all right? And, and so essentially what's happened, we, we've stopped having great conversations, I think, in our own town, in, in our, our nation. Because what we've decided to say is, is no, 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 don't ever go where, where I don't want you to go. Don't, don't ask me questions about my faith. Don't ask me questions about my salvation. If I go to church, you just assume that I'm okay. But it's really interesting because in the book of Acts, we see something different here. We see Priscilla and Aquila being able to kind of navigate these waters here. And in Acts 18, verse 24, it says they met this guy. He's a Jew. He's named Apollos, all right? A native Alexandrian, an eloquent man who was powerful in the use of scriptures. And he arrived in Ephesus, okay? This man had been instructed in the way of the Lord, and being fervent in spirit, he spoke and taught the things about Jesus accurately, although he knew only John's baptism. He began to speak boldly in the synagogue. After Priscilla and Aquila heard him, they took him home and explained the way of God to him more accurately. All right? I want you to picture this person, Apollos. It says that he was eloquent. You know, you, you listen to somebody who's an eloquent speaker. It's a pleasant experience. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it really is. You're listening to somebody you're like, wow, that guy is awesome. He was fervent in spirit. He, he accurately taught about the way of Jesus. Th- those three things right there are pretty amazing. Can, can you picture that person? Would you in a million years go, I noticed that there was something maybe we should talk about. I think sometimes what what we do is say, well, man, he's, I mean, that dude's an awesome speaker. I mean, that dude knows more about the way of Jesus than I know. And then we'd be like, well, listen, let's not not have that conversation. Let's not talk about that. Have you ever felt that kind of anxiety? Like, no, I don't want to talk about that. Okay. What, it, part of the reason why we get anxious in those situations is, I think Alfreda brought this up earlier, is oftentimes maybe our training has been in, in like, full frontal attack, right? Like, uh, hold on a minute. You, there, there's something you didn't teach actually perfectly right, Apollos. So, so I'm going to get into it with you. Like, nothing matters in your life now, Apollos. Like, like, no, no, I don't care. I don't care that you taught accurately about the way of Jesus. I, I don't care that you're eloquent. I don't care that you're fervent in spirit. I don't care that you've been trained in the way. Like, this thing that you're wrong in, we need to get down to it and argue about it. Okay? That would make anyone nervous. Right? right? It would make anybody nervous to go, you mean I have to go and fight with that guy now? And a lot of times what we end up doing is, is we think in our minds about this conflict that has to happen. Is there another thing that could have happened? Could it have gone differently? Could the conversation that Priscilla and Aquila had with Apollos have been different than just conflict? Than them just making, you know, calling him, well, you don't even know what you're doing. I, listen, man, I've been in situations before where, if, if somebody doesn't agree with everything I say, they're 
They don't care about anything else. They get angry at that one thing. Okay? And we, many of us have probably done that before. Okay? Where you hear somebody and you're just like, that just infuriates me that you're saying that. And, and it's amazing that it's like, this dude taught accurately about the way of Jesus. I mean, it doesn't seem like Priscilla and Aquila are angry at all. It doesn't seem like they have to be like, man, we better get in there and, you know. But it's that idea of going, hey, can you imagine having this conversation? Let's sit down and talk. Because here's the deal is, here's what I love. This is what teaches me more than anything about this section, okay? Is that I believe Priscilla, Aquila, and Apollos, you know what they're most concerned about more than anything else? Is, I just want to do what God wants. That's it. And I, and I might be wrong in, a, in, a, in, in something. I've been a disciple for over 20 years. I've been in the ministry almost 20 years. I'm wrong about a lot of things. <laughs> I've learned stuff in the past five years that I didn't know the first 15 years. In the next 15 years, I'm going to learn more. I, I learned this really great piece of advice when I was at AIM in the ministry school. I, I reserve the right to be wrong. Because you know what happens is, when it's about me being 100% right about everything, you want to know what? When somebody questions me, you know what I want to do? I want to fight. And when I'm 100% right about everything, that means I'm looking for, even if there's 1% wrong about you, to, to confront you about it. It's really difficult to go, man, that guy, that Apollos guy, he's awesome. He wasn't from their group. That dude is awesome. Did you see the way he taught about Jesus? You see how he spoke? This fervent spirit? That's amazing. And being able to just have a conversation, go, Apollos, let's talk. And what's, what's amazing about it, as, it, as it goes on here, I love this. Um, it says he only knew about John's baptism. He began to speak boldly in the synagogue. Priscilla and Aquila heard him. They explained the way of God to him more accurately. When he wanted to cross over to Achaia, the brothers wrote to the disciples, urging them to welcome him. After he arrived, he greatly helped those who had believed through grace, for he vigorously refuted the Jews in public, demonstrating through the scriptures that Jesus is the Messiah. This is a pretty awesome dude, huh? Here's why this is difficult. I think there are far too many times we break the spirit of Apollos. I think Apollos have been around us, and we break their spirit. I think we have seen them. I think they've come amongst us. And what ends up happening is, is oftentimes they'll sit amongst us and they might have only heard the baptism of John. They might have only heard the sinner's prayer. They might have only heard something else about how to be saved. And it's so easy for us to go, nothing matters in your life. I don't care how you follow Jesus. I don't care what you say about Jesus. We're going to sit down and I'm going to treat you like a two-year-old. And we break the spirit of Apollos. And it's amazing what Priscilla and Aquila did. What happened afterwards tells us more. Is he said, I want to go to Achaia. I I want to go teach in Achaia. And they said, listen, here's what we're going to do. We're going to write a letter because we want the disciples there to welcome you. And when he got there, he greatly helped those who believed through grace. His spirit was not broken. 
His spirit was not broken. He wasn't treated like a little baby. That's what happens what we do too often. We, we treat one another as grown people like you don't know anything because I know this one thing more than you. And if we're going to be fishers of men, our goal can't be let's break the spirit of somebody who is trying wholeheartedly to follow Jesus. And maybe somebody just did. That was my story. No one ever sat me down to tell me. Like, he's talking about John's baptism here. As, as a, I was baptized as a baby. No one ever told me that, no, 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 Keith, you were actually supposed to make a decision in faith to follow Jesus, to believe in him, to follow him, to repent, and to be immersed in water as an adult. No one ever sat me down to tell me that. And I'm so thankful for the guy that did because he, was, he, he had some emotional, like, intelligence. It was this idea of, no, I'm not going to treat you like you're dumb. Let me just share this with you. Let me share this piece. Maybe you haven't been taught this before. Maybe you've never seen this before. I can't tell you the number of people that when when you sit down and study the Bible, and they're like, no one's ever studied the Bible with me before. Like, I've gone to church on Sunday, and I heard all the stories, but no one's ever taught me before. I mean, the vast majority of people going to Christian churches have never sat down and just studied the Word of God. Okay? And what makes us uncomfortable oftentimes is because it's easy for us to get out of practice. We think this is just for the person that you meet and you study the Bible with. But here's my question is, when was the last time you sat down with a brother and said, hey, teach me this? Or a sister. You said, can you study this with me? When was the last time you opened yourself up to become teachable to somebody else? That's why this becomes weird, because there's a point when we feel like we've reached it, like we've, we've made it. I've made it through the studies. I've made it through somebody like questioning me and me going through and, and defending and, and, and repenting and changing what I need to do. Now I need to go and do that. And we forget that, no, as disciples, we're supposed to teach and admonish one another with the word as it dwells in us richly. Right? This is what it says in Colossians 3, is that when we lose sight of going back and opening the Bible with one another, and being teachable, then it becomes less weird to sit down with other people as a teacher. Does that make sense? Like when we stop being students with one another amongst ourselves, it becomes really weird because then we feel like, oh, I feel like I'm like, am I like the guy that knows everything that's like lording it over you now? Instead of going, no, I mean, this is what I do. Like I I sit down with people. And I ask them, and we study the Bible together still, after being a disciple for 20, 21, 22 years, or 30 years, or whatever it is, when was the last time that happened? Because this is really something I'm learning more and more of reading the book of Acts, is how much humility plays into being a fisher of men. And going, you know what, I don't know everything. Do you? Do you know everything perfectly? Do you know everything about what Jesus taught perfectly? Like when Jesus comes to you, he's going to go, man, doctrinally, you were so pure. Listen, I, I don't know about you. I th- here's the truth is, is we need the grace of God in every single area of our life. We have got to be, listen, that w- <laughs> we are works in progress. Okay. And that helps to understand that, doesn't it? It's to understand, man, I'm a work in progress. Okay, and so it's this idea. You get this idea with Priscilla and Aquila that they were just like, 
I just want to study the Bible. I just want to share the gospel with whoever. I don't care if it's Apollos. I don't care if it's Zacchaeus. I don't care if you know everything or you know nothing. It's just you get this idea of reading about Priscilla and Aquila that they're just like, can we sit down and talk? Can can we talk a little bit more? And when there's something that maybe was quite glaring with Apollos, and they're just like, hey, man, it's cool. Do do you get the idea that when, when, when Apollos left there that he was totally humiliated, ashamed, and broken down? I don't get that idea. I get the opposite. I get the feeling like that guy left inspired. You know, Priscilla and Aquila were great at inspiring people, it seems like. Okay? And I I really, Jesus was great at it. Paul was great at it. The apostles were, it seemed like they were great at inspiring people. Even when you read about Jesus with his guys, how many times do you remember Jesus just breaking his guys down, humiliating them, treating them like children? I mean, there are a couple of times where he's just like, come on, man. But for the most part, he's seeing something that they can become. He's seeing something greater, right? You see this in Priscilla and Aquila. Humble, they're teachable. But I think I really do feel like the biggest thing is a desire to know God. It isn't, doesn't that happen today? Is this idea of I am going to fight out what my church believes over everything. Like, no, I come from the Baptist church, so we fight about this, faith alone. No, but I come from the Presbyterian church, and I, you know, we're, we're, we are putting our, our flag in the ground when it comes to predestination and total depravity and all that kind of stuff, and I'm fighting for that. And I come from the churches of Christ, and I'm fighting it out over adult immersion baptism. And then everything becomes this big fight. Doesn't it make it easier when we're like, let's find out what God wants? That's it. Let's just find out what God wants. And and I might be wrong about something, and that's okay. Let's change. All right? But I think this is what happens with us today is, is our allegiance can be more with a denomination than with God. And and the heart of just going, man, I just want to know God. You, You know, it's interesting. You know how our friends are going to have that? I think when they see, I'm free to say, when they see us having that, that idea of going, I just want to do what God wants me to do. I, that's all. That's it. But, but Keith, what happens when somebody confronts you and you're wrong about something? I'm like, well, I mean, did you think I was right about everything? I mean, that's ain't the biggest surprise in the world. You're like, oh, my goodness, you mean I was wrong about something? Gosh, I can't believe it that you would have the audacity to think I was wrong about anything. But, but we do. And here's the truth of the matter is, is even, even when we learn about baptism and repentance and we learn about discipleship and we learn about the church and we learn about all that stuff, how many of y'all are like me that you need to continue to be brushed up on the basics of that? Yeah. I mean, how many times do you go back and you're like, oh, it's so simple when you go back to how it should be? Oh, man. The, oh, I totally forgot. You know, it's so easy, man. You go years and years and years. And you go back and you're like, I need to study repentance all over again. See, that's a good thing. That's a really good thing. It's not this idea of going, it it, it isn't like math where it's like you have to go back and relearn one plus one. You're like, you feel so dumb. You're like, hold on, I totally forgot what one plus one added up to. I better go back. No, no, no. This is about life and life changes. And we've got to go back and kind of, kind of reacquaint ourselves with the basics, the simplicity of being a disciple 
And I'm telling you, nothing will make a bigger, probably, impact on our friends than when we have the attitude of, I just want to do what God wants. Like, I got to learn. I got to brush up on this stuff. Like, I got to go back and remember what it means to seek God with all my heart. I got to go back and, and not just learn about the information, but really question myself, am I, question myself, am I actually doing that? Right? Yeah. I, I, that was one of the most powerful things when, 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 when my friend was sitting down and studying the Bible with me. One of the most powerful things was I was reading the Bible and I was actually practicing it. Like, I was like, oh, seeking God. I'm going to start seeking God. And then started doing that. You know what happens over years? What ends up happening? We learn the term seeking God, and then we, but we forget to do it. We learn the term repentance, and we forget to do it. We, we know a student is a disciple, but we forget to be students. Like, we forget the basics. I get the idea that Priscilla and Aquila were awesome at the basics. I get the idea that Priscilla and Aquila were so comfortable in their own skin that they didn't even feel, it doesn't seem very threatened by Apollos. But I do love this here at the end uh, when he arrived, that he helped those who had believed through grace. That's what Apollos did. And, you know, there's a, there, there are so many takeaways from this little section. But here's what stood out to me is they sat down with Apollos. And they said, listen, John's baptism, that was cool. John's baptism was great before Jesus died. And that was a pretty well-known doctrine in the known world, was John's baptism. And they're like, no, no, that's cool, that, that's great, but you know there's more. And they, and they taught him more. What, what gives us some pause sometimes, we think, well, did, did Apollos get baptized or not? What do you think? <laughs> what do you think? Right. Um, because yeah. he was already yeah. a Christian. And I think sometimes we assume yeah. um, we don't give a person the opportunity to show us what their yeah. convictions are. Yeah. I think it is important for us to um, to examine each other against the scriptures. But after we do, we need to be honest yeah. with ourselves and yeah. say, oh man, yeah. does this person really follow yeah. So that is a really hard saying what Alfreda just said because because this is one of those areas I think I've been thinking about this a lot since Jody's been teaching this class I thought what letter will be written to our church what letter will be written our fellowship of churches what letter would be written and I think that would be something that would be written to us is going hey you know what y'all break the spirit of Apollos sometimes there are my followers who you don't welcome in. I think that would be something. And, and, and we're not just saying like, oh, the Bible doesn't matter. And following the Bible, that's not what we're saying. All right? But we are saying that, man, um, we, we hold out the gospel, we hold out the scriptures, and we listen to people, and we listen to what their conviction is, and we listen to their life and how they follow Jesus. Right? 
And it's, and it's just really interesting here because a lot of times we automatically say, well, no, Apollos got baptized. And it doesn't say. One of the most frustrating things about the Bible, right, is we cannot speak where the Bible doesn't speak. We can't go, well, of course he did. Well, yeah, of course. Well, what, what if he didn't? Well, what if he didn't? How would that affect you? What if they wrote in, in Acts 18, what if they said Apollos went on his way, only knowing the baptism of John, and they let him go, and they wrote a letter to the churches ahead of him to welcome him in, what would that do to your faith? Would you go, oh, would it make you feel a little funny? If you knew for sure that Apollos was like, okay, I can teach it correctly now, but I'm good. I don't know about you, that's very challenging to me. That's very challenging to my heart. And I'm going to tell you what it reveals in my heart is my kind of uh, ability to think I know where everyone is that I talk to, that, that I think I know, all right? Now, here's what I will say, okay? There, there, there's two sides we could fall on this. We could go, oh, dang, okay, well, he started out the sermon talking about people who just, you know, don't bother people who go to church and say they're Christians and all that kind of stuff. So that's really what he's saying is just, hey, if you say you're a Christian, it's okay. That's not what I'm saying. I think there's this, these extremes we can fall into. There's this extreme of, oh, if you go to church your whole life, I'm good. I'm not saying anything to you. Then there's the other side of it. I don't care that you've gone to church. I don't care that you've tried to be righteous. I don't care that you love Jesus. I don't care that you know the scriptures. You don't know anything until I've taught you. That's the other extreme. Okay, Priscilla and Aquila were like, hey, let's talk. Like, like you got to come. Patrick, you got to come to your own conviction. I'm going to teach you the way more accurately. I can teach you more things. Let's have some conversations. Let's sit down and talk with people. Because the truth of the matter is, is when we sat down and talked, and I looked at the Bible, I said, wow, my life doesn't match up with that. It just didn't. I mean, nobody had to tell me that. I looked at it, and I'm like, wow. Okay, first of all, I never made a decision to be baptized into Jesus. Second of all, no one even taught me how to follow Jesus. When it's all about God, this is what I wanted to do. Show me where the water is, and I want to follow that dude forever. That's it. I don't care what church you're going to. I don't care. Show me what I need to do and how I need to be. Right? Let's have more of that. That, 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 That really is... Is, is a helpful place to be, okay? Um, and let's pray. Here's one of the things, too, that I hope we are learning in the book of Acts is n- there is nothing unless it's saturated in prayer, right? I mean, really, nothing's happening without prayer. We see this over and over and over again in the book of Acts is how much of my and your life is just saturated in prayer. Like, God, just show me, if there's an Apollos in my life, show me how to say it, how to, what to say to him. Let me be just like Priscilla and Aquila. Let me talk to him in a way that just inspires him to be more for Jesus. And here's the other prayer. God, if I'm Apollos, let me open my ears to hear the Priscilla and Aquilas in my life. And and, and I know that some of us here are going, no, 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 Key, you don't understand. I'm definitely not the Apollos. Right, I ain't never met anybody who thought they were the Apollos. Okay? But, that, but let's pray that. Do you have the courage to pray that? 
The courage to pray that, that, okay, if I'm the Apollos and you are sending me Priscilla and Aquilas, help me hear them without becoming defensive. And if I meet the Apollos, help me to inspire, help me not to break their spirit. Help me not to throw the baby out with the bathwater. Help me not to treat them like they don't know anything. Help me not to, to, to discount how they live following Jesus. Because I do, I do think we live in an age where we have a lot of people who are, who are, who are sincerely following Jesus. Right. And you want to know what? They, nobody's ever sat them down and said, hey, here's a couple things that matter. Let me help you with this. Not because I know more than you, but because somebody did it to me. Because we just want to be like God. We want to be like Jesus. Okay? That's the takeaway from this to me as I read this. It, it is... is praying for Apollos. Can you imagine meeting this guy this week, the eloquent man, powerful in the use of scriptures? You know, I think sometimes that would be a guy I would be intimidated to talk to. Powerful in the use of scriptures. Does that personally challenge you to think about that? To go, man, if I met somebody who powerfully used the scriptures, man, I rarely have a quiet time. I don't know if I would talk to that guy. Maybe you need to pray that that guy talks to you, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Yeah, I was just saying, even talking about going back to the basics, I think it just, it just, it's so simple, but it's like, I think sometimes I can get so caught up when I'm with people that I work with or that I'm friends with, and I think about, wow, like, they really do want to follow Jesus, but, like, there's maybe this one thing that, like, I don't see them actually, whether it's like, oh, they think it's okay to curse, or, like, they just yes. say things about salvation, or they think yeah. these different things are okay, and I can get so zeroed in, yes. kind of like, Right. Looking at like a pimple, it's like everything else is fine, but you're so that's a good right. analogy. But it's like, yeah. <laughs> can I pop that pimple? You can't like focus on like just the whole picture. Yes. Um, and I can get so focused that I'm like, man, what's going to break the ice to allow us to have this conversation? How am I going to bring up this one thing instead of like really the whole conversation just focuses around like, man, are we both willing to set our own, you know, Agendas thoughts aside, and opinions yeah. aside and just Study. follow what the Bible says? And yeah. if that's what we're willing to do then it shouldn't really matter what's being brought up because we're just having a heart that's surrendered to following. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this really is super challenging because it would be very easy to hear this and go, okay, I, I, don't, I don't have to be a fisherman. I just am, okay, God, just kind of, this really calls for courage. Yeah. This really calls for a lot of prayer to go, oh, God, please let me have the courage to open my mouth to those people that you put in my life who powerfully use the scriptures, mm-hmm. right? Yes. And as a Church of Christer, yes. you know, who's, who's been uh, in our fellowship for years, yeah. in my mind, I'm thinking, well, how am I going to, you know, get them to sit down and study the Bible? And, you know, and I'm thinking old school, you know, go through yeah. the studies. Yeah, you know, that's right. You're not going to want to do that, you know. Yeah. yeah but, but rather thinking more of a practical level where they are in their life. Oh, so good. That is so good. Like, yeah. Hey, something I've been thinking, you yeah. know. Yes. Uh, you might want to, yes. let me encourage this with yes. you in the Bible here. That's awesome. I've seen in your something you said yeah. or whatever. Yeah. And, you know, like you said, because yeah. somebody did it for me. Yeah. I want to share this with you. And I think that could go a long way because a lot of times I get intimidated. Mm-hmm. 
perfect. That I, we, we needed, that, that summed up everything. For, is this idea, this calls us to be different than sometimes we normally think being a fisher of men is about. Because a lot of us, if, we've been, if you've been around longer than 10 or 15 years, you think, okay, making disciples is about getting somebody to commit to sitting down and studying a study series um, and going, hold on a minute, the guys like Apollos? They're going to be like, really? <laughs> Dude, I, I powerfully use the word of God. Mm-hmm. And, and, really? Like it's going to become that academic? It doesn't sound like he's about just like this stale kind of let's go through this thing. It sounds more like what Royce said, which is that idea of going, hey, man, that was awesome what you just said right there. And, you, may, you know, let me kind of meet you where you are mm-hmm. and let's have this talk. And it doesn't need to be it doesn't need to be this super like weird kind of thing. It's really proclaiming the gospel. And, and, and we all need the gospel proclaimed to us constantly. This isn't just about saved and lost. But this is about meeting people where they are. Okay, that is such a huge point. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think one of the big things I heard when you were saying all this is just that there is a need for me to be teachable. And uh, I, I think that... It, when you, when you were talking about that, all I could think about is the only times you ever really heard anyone wanting to be teachable is when they were looking for a promotion in the church. And when they're like, I want to be trained so I can be a minister, yes. so I can be, yes. a, you know, so right. I can be a family group leader or a right. song leader or whatever. Yeah. And yeah. that kind of thing. And, yeah. and really this idea that as a disciple, I should be a student and that I'm, when I call someone else to be a student, it's something that I'm calling you it's to natural. be just what we are, right. you know, is... Uh, there's no it takes a lot of the pride out of it because people aren't ashamed to say they're a student at Clemson right you know they're not ashamed to say teach me something because yeah. they're they want to learn right. and so I think as disciples that should just be part of the character of the culture or whatever that yeah. we are absolutely so, that's, that's awesome yeah India well you were saying like what do we think when you talk about like someone coming up and challenging yeah Because I didn't, I mean, yeah. I at best went to church in the yeah. summer with my You were kind of like, you know better than me. <laughs> and I was actually didn't want to be a Christian for a good yeah. portion of my life. So yeah. I knew I was yes. a Christian. But I found myself reaching out to people who are religious. I'm intimidated by that because mm-hmm. I, I don't really yeah. understand what it is yeah. to have the rug being pulled up. Yeah. under me and also to talk to people who know the Bible so well yeah. mm-hmm. but um, working at AIM has kind of been helped. different, yeah, yeah it's helped a lot like I'm seeing varying interpretations of what a walk with God looks like in a Christian organization and there's this one woman that I've grown close to who I respect deeply and her walk with God is is challenging Mm -hmm. and one of the things I do appreciate about her is her courage Mm. to challenge me you know like when I was going through some really hard things with Angelina and um, having to negotiate she prayed with me and shared scriptures with me and encouraged me and she's no longer there but we're still um, close and Mm -hmm. she's going through something right now and I get to be a part of that and I think what I hear you saying is not being afraid to build a relationship yeah. with people because 
ultimately, I mean, I think it was, I can't remember where, what the, where it is, but there's this passage that talks about those who are mm-hmm. for yeah. are not yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like people who are, <laughs> believe in Jesus yeah. and, you know, want to um, obey him, that's where your commonality is. Yeah. Why not start there? Yeah. Why do we have to pick right. apart the fact that they believe this one thing or they're okay with this? What we have in common is that Jesus is Lord. Mm-hmm. You know, that, you know, salvation comes from obeying mm-hmm. God. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like, we can start there. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this, this is what makes this exciting, I think. Um, a little, little nerve-wracking. You want to know what the map I just gave you, that Apollo, we learned from Priscilla and Aquila? It's not a really, cl- it's not like, hey, just walk straight down this road, and here's all of the things you're going to encounter this week. It's the idea of, no, you want to go out and talk to a lot of people and meet them right where they are. And do a lot of listening. Yep. And you want to appreciate really good things in people. Amen. Okay. And build up people when they're doing things the way the Bible teaches. Yeah. Right. And build a relationship with people. And you want to know what? You may run into some Apollos's, but you know who else you're going to run into? You're going to run into Zacchaeus's. Right. You're going to run into the women uh, that Jesus ran into. You're going to run into the thieves and the robbers. You're going to run into people that are going, I don't have any foundation. Just give me the gospel. All right. But that's the part of this roadmap that makes it a little bit kind of nerve wracking is going. But Keith, you didn't tell me what to do exactly this week. OK. And, and you didn't even tell me that it was OK for me to just be like, oh, you went to church. That's OK. That's cool. But it's the idea of how do I proclaim the gospel to somebody who is religious, who is righteous? Right. I mean, this is I love this part because it is challenging who will you pray this week to meet an Apollos? Okay. Will you pray this week to meet a Priscilla and Aquila? Right. That, that, that's the thing. Right. Um, I went to a conference. Me and Jody went to a conference uh, last October in Nashville. And, uh, you know, I met some dear friends there um, that, uh, you know, they're my Priscilla and Aquila. Where I look at them and I say, you have more of the spirit than I do. (laughs) The way you live and the convictions you have, the obedience and the humility, you know, I I need to learn that because I am not good at that. Okay. And so that's what I take away from this is, is a few things. Number one, am I handling the word well enough to not be intimidated by those who powerfully use the scriptures? Number two is, am I willing to really pray and talk to the Apolloses that God puts in my life? And am I really willing to pray to, be a, to have a Priscilla and Aquila in